We're sitting on the most perfect beach in the world, and all we can think about is where. Where can I hook up my quantum? Digital pen part at work. Yeah, you apparently didn't put one of the new cover sheets on your TPS report. Who should we send it to first? Just a couple of people. The question is, who are they going to send it to? This podcast is brought to you by Search Engine Journal, and you're listening to Marketing Nerds. everyone, this is Kelsey Jones, Executive Editor of Search Engine Journal, and I'm here with Jared Morris. He is the VP of Marketing at Copyblogger, and he also is going to be talking at our SEJ Summit in Dallas on March 31st about content marketing. So Jared, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for inviting me, giving me the opportunity. I've been looking forward to this, and I'm looking forward to the conference as well. Yeah, me too. A lot of great speakers. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yes. So I wanted to talk a little bit about um, content marketing, which again, I said what was what you were going to talk about in Dallas. So I sent you a couple of questions before, so I just w- kind of want to go through those. Um, so first off, do you think that setting goals is the first step for any new marketing plan overall? And how do you kind of go through that process? Yeah, I mean, I think setting goals is really the most important thing for for anything that you want to do because if if you want to reach a particular destination, you have to know what that destination is, and then I think you have to, of course, have your your guideposts and your you know along the way so that you know that you're on track for them. Um, and so I think, in addition to having goals, then you have to write them down and you have to document yeah. what your goals are and what your strategy is. And I think you know the guys at Content Marketing Institute, uh, their annual research project came out, and that was the biggest takeaway from it, which is that, and it sounds so simple, mm-hmm. but it, it's so impactful, which is that the companies that simply wrote their strategy down, that actually had a documented strategy, were so much more effective. And I think the numbers are 39% uh, have a documented strategy, and then of those, Sixty percent, or something like that, were considered effective at content marketing. Whereas only thirty-three percent, yeah, here are the numbers: only thirty-three percent with just a verbal strategy could say could say the same. And so, so the simple answer to your question is yes. Goal setting is extremely important, but you know, it's not just the setting of the goals; it's the documenting of the goals, and then of course tracking how you're doing along the way. Uh, that's also important to make sure that you stay on track to actually achieve those goals. Yeah, I agree. And I think keeping them visible is important as well. I mean, in my office, sometimes if I'm working towards something, I'll have a post-it note that just has, you know, get to this traffic number by this date. Just seeing it visually really helps too. And I think that's something that could translate in an office setting as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, out of sight, out of mind, as they say, right? And that goes with anything that you want to achieve. So I think you've got to have a reminder of it. You've got to stay on track with it. And all of those things are going to contribute positively towards actually achieving them in the end. Yeah, definitely. And I know for me, you know, I, besides being editor of SEJ, I also do some freelance work. And when it's just me, you know, I'm the only one keeping myself accountable. But I know whenever I worked at bigger companies, it was really easy for things to fall through the cracks. <laughs> yes. And uh, I know in your talk, you're going to kind of talk about execution of a plan and goals once you get those. But how can you know companies make sure that once they've set their goals, they can then move through them without things kind of falling through the cracks or slipping away? Well, I think you just make sure that someone is accountable for it. I think that's so important. 
a lot of times we'll have meetings or, or conference calls just in, in general. And, uh, and probably everybody has experienced this where you have this meeting, all these great ideas are tossed around, but then you get to the end of it and say, okay, but who's going to actually do this? And so I, I think that's where, you know, having actual action items that are assigned to actual people and having, you know, for a bigger strategy, having a person who's accountable for it and who is going to track the progress and make sure that it's happening and, you know, set up the Trello board or do whatever needs to happen to push that along. I think that accountability is so important. And, and so, yeah, because if you don't do that, then it is easy f- for stuff to fall through the cracks. And it's funny, it's almost harder sometimes to achieve goals with a group of people than one person, because when you're just yourself, obviously you're accountable. But yeah. when there is yeah. the big group of people, like you said, stuff can fall through the cracks. And that's where it's just making sure that we're clear, you know, at, at the end of a call, okay, you're going to do this, you're going to do this, I've got this. Okay, let's go. We know who's accountable for it so that if it doesn't happen, we know who to go to. And, and if it's not happening, not we know who to go to to berate them. But, you know, it, as, as the leader, ask what maybe what support they need or what help they need. So, but just making sure there's someone accountable to track it, to execute on the action items. I think that that can go such a long way to making sure it actually happens. Yeah, I agree. Um, since I got promoted to executive editor a couple months ago, I've kind of become the, uh, the task um, slave driver or taskmaster as as so it were so but i mean it is a tedious thing to sign out things in trello or we use podio at sej but it really makes a difference because otherwise especially if you're a company that has a lot of things going on like i'm sure copy blogger has and sej has all these different projects you know things are just going to drift away and somebody'll ask about it a, a couple months later and you, you know you think well I don't know. We talked about it that one time. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And, and you know, I, I think someone in your position, congratulations on that, oh, on thanks. the promotion, <laughs> by the way. But, you know, someone in your position, I think it's important not to think of it as being a slave driver, a taskmaster. You know, it's that, you know, part of, of servant leadership is is leading by, by doing things like that, keeping things organized and maybe doing some of that, you know, some of that tedious stuff, even that organizational stuff that other people don't want to do or can't do that allows them to play to their strengths and use their talents. You know, and that's kind of one of the things that I'm going to talk about is this almost kind of like a, a TV or movie production model of content, which is, you know, producer, director, and talent. And, you know, the producer being the person who helps facilitate things happen by pr- by providing the resources and the director who executes on the vision and the talent who, you know, like in a television show, the actors, you know, the content creators. And so I think we have to let people play to their strengths. And sometimes as leaders, that means doing some of those things, you know, like you're talking about setting up the trailer board and getting this organization. Sometimes you have to do those things so that you can allow your talent to really do what they do best. Yeah, that's a really good way of putting it. I know that creating tasks and test management and project management is a little bit tedious at times, but it's those details that really move the project along. Yeah, plus you've just given yourself what the numbers, you know, you've just doubled your uh, your chances of being effective at content marketing simply by documenting it, right? Yeah. So I mean, you know, so those those moments that may seem tedious are so important to pushing the ball forward consistently. Yeah, exactly. So I know you mentioned Trello before, which I really like. Are there any other tools that you would recommend for goal setting or task management? 
Yeah, we have found, uh, you know, our editorial staff at Coffee Blogger has always, we've always done a lot of stuff via email. And so we've mm-hmm. been brought kicking and screaming a little bit into the, uh, <laughs> to the, to the goal setting software world. Uh, but we're certainly finding that it helps. And, and Trello has been really good for us, especially keeping track of promotions and different projects. And I know that our developers are obviously big on GitHub. Um, so I think, you know, we use those. And for me personally, I found that uh, the program Todoist is really helpful. Oh, I um, love Todoist. Yeah. And, and what I love about it is that I can actually integrate it with my email. So I was always a person who kind of used my inbox as my to-do list. But mm-hmm. the problem is then you sit there with your inbox open all day long, and it's a constant source of distraction. So yeah. I actually combine uh, Todoist and AwayFind, which is another email program. And with AwayFind, you can actually put in, you know, 10, 15, 20, however many kind of quote unquote VIP email addresses so that when you get an email from them, you can get an alert on your phone and then you can go into your little AwayFind inbox and just manage your email from kind of your VIP people in there. So that way you can keep your inbox closed. You don't have to be afraid of missing an emergency email. And then you can go into your inbox and do some batch processing. And with Todoist, you can quickly uh, quickly create a to-do item just with one click of a button, which gets the email out of your inbox, allows you to keep a nice clean inbox without forgetting any to-dos. And for me, it's just been so great at kind of keeping my day, my mind uncluttered. Because when I have a clean inbox, I feel like I have a clean mind and I'm ready to go. Mm-hmm. And so that combination has helped me out a lot personally, just being able to you know manage my day and, and being able to be more present for the important things that come across my desk without getting bogged down in the minutiae. Yeah, I noticed that when I emailed you to set this up, I got a automated email back saying that you only check your email specific times of day. Does that really help when it comes to managing tasks and workload? I have found that it helps a ton because... I I need, you know, for, for writing or doing anything creative, I think you really need to give yourself blocks of time mm-hmm. where you can really go deep on something. And if you're constantly checking your email, you're constantly distracted, you don't get that. But my biggest fear was always, well, you know, there's certain people in the company, if they email me, I want to send them an email back immediately, you know, because I don't want them to wait on something from me. So when yes. they let me know, I want to make sure I get it. And, you know, for you, we don't email much, but if there had been an emergency that came up with this, you know, with this interview or whatever, I wanted you to know, I I want you to know how to get in contact with me. And that's a nice thing is you actually, you can put up in that little autoresponder a link to where someone can go to your Wayfind page and send you a quick emergency email if they really need to get a hold of you. So I think it's worth, it's worth investigating some of those, you know, little hacks and those little time-saving kind of tricks for whatever bogs you down. For me, email bogged me down, and it would be a constant source of preventing me from getting my goals done, getting my goals achieved. And, you know, spending a little time getting these systems in place has helped me so much just have a greater capacity each day to do more important work and not get bogged down in the stuff that really doesn't matter that much. Yeah, I agree. Another person who does email a little differently that I noticed was uh, Neil Patel, who spoke at our SCJ Summit in Santa Monica in February. And in his email signature, he says a blurb basically about how his email responses are really short because he gets so much email. So it's just something like, sorry, I'm brief. I get a ton of email. And that links to a blog post about how his his inbox is ridiculous, you know, with thousands of emails. And so I liked that too, because I feel like we kind of live in this 
area where you still have to write an email like a traditional letter. Like, mm -hmm. hi, Jared. How are you today? <laughs> I'm great. Here's the podcast questions, you know? Yeah. And, I'm, and I'm not like that. I'm like, hey, here's this. Bye. You know? And so I've been thinking about putting some type of disclaimer in my signature too because you don't want people to think you're rude, but it really does save you time if you think about it to just write the sentence you were writing the email for and be done with it. Absolutely. And having that manages expectations, which is so important. So if you just, if you simply say that, hey, sorry, I'm brief. I have a lot yeah. of email. It manages the expectations so people don't take it personally or, you know, get upset about it for whatever reason. So yeah, I think that's a great idea too. Yeah, I'll try it and I'll let you know how yes. it goes. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> um, so I know your your uh, talk at the summit is mainly about content marketing from an um, enterprise slant. And so one thing in a couple of conferences I've been to this year and last year, they've talked a lot about big data and how it can help both enterprise companies and small companies learn more about their audience, get more data, and that can shape their overall strategy. Do you think big data could play into an enterprise content marketing strategy at all? Well, sure. I mean, I think any information like that that you can get that gives you a better overall picture of who your audience is, who your users are, is, and specifically how they use your content, how they use your product, how they interact with it, it's going to give you more insight into what you should be doing next. You know, and something we've been talking about a lot at Copyblogger is adaptive content and this concept of, you know, giving the right piece of content to the right person at the right time. Well, to really do that, number one, you obviously have to have a good inventory of, of content and, and do a content audit and know what you have, but you've got to know how people use your content. You know, you need to understand what the what the funnels are, what the flows are for specific products and specific actions that you want taken so that you know what best piece of content to serve up to keep people moving through that funnel. And so I think big data plays a big role in that because that's what gives you that information and gives you both the overview information and the ability to drill down into some of the specifics that allow you to make it really allows you to combine your intuition with actual information to make the best decision. You know, because you're obviously there's going to be no decision is ever going to be perfectly clear cut. You're always going to need your intuition and, and need good decision making skills to do it. But the more information you have, I think the more informed your decision is going to be. And typically that's going to mean a better decision. Yeah, I agree. I know at SCJ this year, we're trying to do a lot more with our Google Analytics data. Mm -hmm. So seeing what our most trafficked pages are and redoing those, you know, if they're evergreen pages that. Um, have wrong links, fixing those, and maybe even doing custom graphics. Um, mm -hmm. Did you guys at Copyblogger use Google Analytics a lot whenever it comes to your content strategy? We do. Yeah, we, we use Google Analytics and, and we use it in a lot of different ways. Um, you know, obviously we have a lot of different products and we have a lot of different sites and it really, it allows us to see how, you know, to see how many interactions it takes to get, you know, X product sold and, and, you know, to know how many products or how many customers of this product are also customers of this product. More importantly, how many are not and how can we change that? And so there's just, there's a lot of different different information. I personally am not good at all at the actual technical side of doing it and necessarily getting in there and creating the reports, but we do yeah. have folks who are. And I think having the, you know, just being able to have the information and, and really, you know, there's, 
there's getting the information. There's also knowing what to look at. And that's where I think context becomes so important because the same metric that is important for me at a specific time for a specific project is going to be different for you. You know, so I don't think mm-hmm. you can ever say, uh, you know, oh, you know, page views is what you should look at or what you shouldn't look at. You know, page views is obviously it has all kinds of holes as a metric, but there may be sometimes when you're just trying to drive awareness that it it can be useful. So context is always going to be so important. And I think in addition to being able to do the technical part of it and get the numbers, it's really important to take a step back and say, okay, what are we trying to accomplish? And what numbers will tell us if we are accomplishing that or on track to accomplishing that? And just making sure you're strategic with what you're looking at. Because if you look at the wrong numbers, you're going to make bad decisions. And you're maybe going to be misled because the numbers tell you something that isn't even really aligned with what you were looking for in the first place. So I think you got to be able to combine those two. Uh, And when you do that, then it can be extremely informative. Yeah, I agree. Our CTO Slobodan is doing a lot more custom analytics reports for us. And it's, I think it's good if you're, especially if you're an enterprise company to almost have somebody dedicated towards kind of mining that data, whether it be analytic, Google analytics or any other platforms that you're using. Because if you don't have someone technical that, like you said, that's able to customize those reports and, and fit the data to really what you need instead of just what looks good, then it's going to affect your strategy. Yep, it definitely is. It definitely is. That's It's an extremely important role to have. Yeah, I agree. So kind of wrapping it up today, um, I know that I asked Michelle Lowry about this. She's speaking at the Dallas event as well, and mm-hmm. she's going to talk about content. I asked her, you know, in her opinion, what the difference was, if there is any, between content strategy for small businesses versus enterprise. Do you think there's a difference or should it come down to the same ideals and goals? Uh, Yeah, I mean, I think generally it's going to be the same. I mean, you're trying to create content that is useful to people in some way that is hopefully going to be part of the process of them getting to know you and like you and trust you and to eventually establish a relationship, whatever that is, you know, whether you're a service company or whether you're trying to sell a product. And so I think, I think there can be, there are certainly differences in execution, I think at a smaller level as opposed to a bigger one. Um, and I think one of the challenges can be at a smaller organization, it can be a lot easier to get the buy-in that that is necessary for success you know so you know for example at copyblogger and you know we're quickly growing but we are a company where content marketing has been baked into our dna since its beginning so it's just like it's part of what we do yeah. and i think for some bigger companies who are trying to transition into a content mindset that can be a little bit of a struggle because i think for it to really work you need top down buy in you know you need everybody all in saying okay this is a good strategy this is a smart strategy so that you get the resources that you need to do it right and so that everyone's on the same page and so i think ultimately the big picture goals are the same but i think it's just important to have your eyes open for that challenge and again, I think this is where having a documented strategy, having it written down, having assignments of accountability, that's all going to help in this process and make sure that the, uh, you know, I guess the bureaucratic challenges that, that a bigger company will face that maybe a smaller one won't can be overcome. And then if they are, then it can have the same positive impact at any level at any size. 
Yeah, I agree. I think it changes a little bit, but overall you should focus on, you know, high quality content that is of interest to your readers, you know, no matter your industry. Mm -hmm. Yep, absolutely. Okay. Well, I think we're about out of time. I want to thank you so much, Jared, for joining us on the Marketing Nerds podcast today. Thank you. I appreciate the uh, the opportunity, and I'm looking forward to seeing everybody in Dallas. Yes, I will be there. So excellent. Yes, I'm super excited. Um, again, are this... you going to be smashing any guitars? No, I don't think so. That was a <laughs> me and Rain Wilson. That was a once in a lifetime thing at a South by Southwest. So it, it wouldn't know. be as cool if uh, if he wasn't there. So exactly, and it's it's probably going to be a hundred people. Mm -hmm. at the Dallas event, which is probably not, it doesn't look as cool. No. <laughs> because when we did it, it was like a thousand people. So. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, alas, it will still be a very fun and exciting to be there. Yes, exactly. So um, again, this is uh, Kelsey Jones, executive editor of SCJ and Jared Morris, VP of marketing at Copyblogger Media. This Marketing Nerds podcast has been brought to you by Search Engine Journal. For more news, interviews, and how-to guides from marketing experts from around the world, visit us at searchenginejournal.com.